When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Reckless speculation. Great talk. Juicy rumor. That is right. Thursday, which means it, it is only one thing here at the Good Score North, and that is Reckless Speculation Thursday. Mackie is out, so it's Judd, it's Declan, and the the king of of uh, mixing together reckless speculation with in with facts and giving us giving us the scoop Darren Doogie Wolfson Channel 5 Eyewitness News and of course the Scoop podcast uh bonus scoops on Tuesday with us and um also reckless speculation Thursday Darren good morning and I think we have plenty a reckless speculation to get to today. Oh, there's always plenty to get to, Judd. Good morning. Thank you for that riveting introduction. Happy Reckless Speculation Thursday. You are correct, Judd. I weave in between stuff that I'm led to believe that, in fact, is true with maybe not always pushing it forward because maybe I'm not in a position to fully push it forward. But if you go back to our conversation on Tuesday, dropped a hint about Matt Cannarino. You saw the news. I was able to put that out on Twitter on Wednesday morning. That. But Matt Canarino needing Tommy John surgery August 22nd. Dr. Keith Meister, the man when it comes to Tommy John surgeries. Chris Paddock, Kent Maeda, he's done many. But that's the key here. You have to sort of sift through, right? Louis Varland. I hinted at Louis Varland on Tuesday. That wasn't random. Now, I wasn't quite yep. sure it would happen that fast. The call up later in the day. And yep. all of a sudden, Louis Varland will make his Saints debut tomorrow, CHS Field, the pride of North St. Paul, Concordia University, St. Paul. So, yes, if you listen intently. Now, sometimes I'll be all over the map, right, Judd? Like, sometimes I'll That's suggest okay something, too, and maybe it doesn't come to fruition. But I promise you, whatever I throw out isn't just randomly thrown out. Or if it is, I make it very clear I'm opining I'm not informing. So, yeah. So, go ahead. Let's chat away for the next 20, 30 minutes. All right. Let's start here. Vikings. Um, So, the next three Tuesdays will be intriguing. We go from 90 to 85 players next Tuesday. The Tuesday after that, if I'm not mistaken, we go from 85 to 80. And then the following Tuesday, I think it's the last Tuesday of August, all hell breaks loose when we go from 80 to 53. Um, the Vikings don't have a lot of jobs open. There aren't a ton of competition, but let's start in a place that has been the focal point of training camp. And Quazy and Kevin O'Connell are smart dudes. 
So they're not watching this and being like, oh, we're really fine. There certainly has to be some thought uh, long and hard being given to the the state of this position. I'm talking about center Garrett Bradbury. What can you tell us about where things might be going internally as the Vikings come to the realization that Garrett Bradbury, I think, wants to be good, but unfortunately in pass protection, he remains what I would consider a liability. He definitely wants to be good. He wants to live up to his first round stature. I've never once questioned the man's work ethic. I like him as a person. I featured him in a story last year, his relationship with Bailey Ober of the Twins. Uh, Garrett was Bailey's catcher in high school. So they have this long-standing relationship. Pretty cool that now both of those professional athletes are here in Minnesota, although Bailey Ober rehabbing in Fort Myers, but should be back at some point this year. So I've never questioned the work ethic, but to me, pretty darn revealing when Kevin O'Connell goes on the record the other day, Judd, suggesting mm-hmm. that there's still some issues when it comes to pass protection. I can promise you, Kevin softened his stance to us reporters, to fans, right? I think internally they are absolutely looking at alternatives, although I don't sense there's any free agency steam. Like, there just isn't, unless I'm being misinformed, Judd. I just haven't heard J.C. Treader's steam. And I get it, there's some other free agent centers out there, but if you're going to sign somebody, and the Vikings have eight figures in salary cap space. If they want to spend money on a free agent right now, they have the room to do so. There just isn't J.C. Treader steam. But as you touch on the roster crunch that is about to occur over these next few Tuesdays, there are centers that are in other teams' camps. Trade dialogue is active right now. It'll pick up in the next 7 to 10 to 14 days. But heck, we saw a tight end traded the other day, right? Miami and Houston came to a trade agreement. There are trades happening right now in the league. My sense, Judd, is the Vikings are at least exploring the possibility of trading for a center. Somebody that's on a roster right now, I would look more at AFC teams compared to NFC teams. Doogie, I would even say, too, to just to drive up the market for for even uh, the Viking center. So I was looking at the box yesterday, and did they lose their second straight center after after they lost, uh, I forget who, the, their rookie Ryan last Jensen. year, Ryan Jensen, who was a stud for them. Is there even a case to be made that, all right, now the Bucks are desperate, right? By God, they've lost their starting center. They just lost their potentially their backup center. Is there an idea that the Bucks come calling looking for other teams that's saying, hey, we're kind of in a similar boat here. We have this great offense, but now we've lost two straight centers. Is there maybe a possibility that the Buccaneers and Vikings become trade partners if they were to punt on Bradbury and the Vikings were able to get a new center? I would be surprised if Tampa said, with all the options out there, hey, Minnesota, here's even a sixth or seventh round pick. Give us Garrett Bradbury. Like, Declan, I can see the Vikings bringing in a center, Mm -hmm. but I don't necessarily see Garrett Bradbury going out the door, if that makes sense. I just, yeah. I don't see, I don't see where Tampa would be like, okay, we see Cam Jordan twice a year. Look at our schedule. Let's bring <laughs> in Garrett Bradbury. 
I mean, that's the concern when you look at week one, Kenny Clark Packers, week two, Jordan Davis Eagles. Although I read the other day, Jordan Davis technically second team, although I saw some video of him pushing back, you know, just in a in an embarrassing way, frankly, a center from, I believe it was the Baltimore Ravens. I think it was a joint practice, Eagles and Ravens. Doesn't matter who the opponent was, just Jordan Davis just demolishing an interior offensive lineman. So I imagine come September 19th in Philadelphia, Monday Night Football, Jordan Davis is going to get some snaps. So you look at those first two weeks, Garrett Bradbury and pass protection against those guys, like best of luck, right? So if you're going to find a way to solve the problem, you're better off doing it sooner rather than later. Not that you couldn't do it September. September 1st, August 31st, that's entirely possible. But that's what Mm -hmm. I'm saying that, and I get it, it takes two to tango always, and some teams might still be formulating opinions about their backups or whether a guy, is he the first team or is he a backup? Is he a second team? So, you know, the Vikings may be inclined to say, okay, we're willing to part with a late round draft pick right now, but the other team might be still figuring things out themselves. What I'm getting at, though, is I just I fully believe like Quasey wouldn't be doing his job. Literally, his job right now is to find a way to assemble the best 53 man roster. Well, guess what? You know, the pathway to that, you know, is, hey, there are some guys that either will be cut or that you can trade for on other rosters that are better than what you currently have. But I'm just telling you, I would be I would be pretty surprised if another team said, hey, we'll happily take Garrett Bradbury. We want him as our starting center. Sure. And I. I think too, it's an, as far as the interior of the line goes, Dukes, it's an interesting discussion because we saw in practice yesterday, Jesse Davis has had like three three days off because I I think he uh, tore up his knee with Dolphins last year. And um, the last time that he had a day off, Ed Ingram stepped in. Well, in yesterday's full padded practice, Ingram and Davis rotated with the ones. So there's no question, and this is a good thing that there remains competition and concern, I think, at both right guard and center. And so, yeah, I I would not be surprised. The only thing, to your point about a potential trade uh, of Brad, or a potential trade to replace Bradbury is this. Um, As far as, as the offense goes and as far as Kirk goes, you want to get the starting quarterback working with the new center as quickly as possible, right? So like that's the one that's the one thing that I would guess that you wouldn't want to wait till September 1st if you ha- have a choice and can pull the trigger on a trade. And I guess the question then becomes are, are you trying to trade for a guy who's currently a backup who you think can start for a late round draft pick or would would you actually trade from depth a player and and you know if team B needs I don't know a a defensive player where you, you've got some depth um to try and to try and expedite a trade, would you actually trade a player with value to try to get a potential starting uh, center back right now? Well, that would be interesting. Like I think about a guy like Patrick Jones, who's had his down moments, but for the most part has had a productive camp. Okay, would you then think about trading DJ Wanham? Right now, you wonder about Zadarius Smith whether the back can hold up. So I don't know if you want to trade. DJ Wanham. You may absolutely need Wanham and Jones come October, November, so on. But sure. Like, I think that possibility is out there. I think more likely would be a draft pick, but I wouldn't necessarily rule out a player for player swap. 
I would look at teams that drafted an interior offensive lineman, either first round, second round, third round, maybe fourth round, that maybe that rookie is performing well in camp, and some veteran is now second team or has been shifted to guard but has starting center experience. So somebody that has started games but isn't necessarily the number one center in that team's camp right now. But sure, I mean, the idea of a player-for-player player swap, yeah, I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't rule that out, right? I mean, Kwesi isn't married to many of these guys. Now, and Ed Ingram, they drafted Ed Ingram as high as they did, Judd, for a reason. He is going to start right. one day. The question is when. Like, I'm not quite sure it'll be September 11th. Like, if I had to bet right now, I think Jesse Davis is probably the starting right guard. Although I do want yep. to see more of Chris Reed, but at this point it's probably Davis, but there's a competition there. But like I would be surprised if if that opening game against the Green Bay Packers at US Bank Stadium, if rookie Ed Ingram is the starting guard. But to me it's when, not if. He is going to start eventually. Dubes, what do you think about this this twenty twenty one third round draft class? Wyatt Davis is absolutely buried with the third team and you know, Kellen Mond, who's buying to try to be the QB2, but after the first, you know, unofficial official depth chart is co-QB2. Um, it's kind of weird because I feel like that draft class, they had a home run with Jefferson right in the first round. I mean, you couldn't, couldn't imagine a better first round pick, especially with the value you got him in. But then that third round, four guys, including Patrick Jones and Chaz Surratt, Kellen Mond, Wyatt Davis. And it feels like two of those guys could potentially be on the chopping block when they get on the 50, when the 53-man roster does come out here in about three, four weeks. Well, I mean, right now, Wyatt Davis isn't making the 53-man. Chaz Sherratt isn't making the 53-man. Patrick Jones is making the 53-man. Yeah. Kellen Mond, up and down, but like he certainly hasn't distinguished himself. Judd, you've been out there actually more than I have. I'll be out there again later today. I've been out there plenty. We were bonding on, on we'll bond Monday again. night. So we'll bond again later today. But like Kellen has not, he hasn't stood out. I think he's he's made some throws. I thought, I thought the wide receiver Jackson could have helped him a little bit down the right sideline in the practice Monday night at TCO stadium. Although the defensive back, I think it was Chris Boyd got his hand in late, but I thought it was a pretty nice deep ball down the right sideline from Mond, but he's had plenty of down moments, right? So like at this point, I wouldn't be shocked if Sean Mannion, ends up as the number two quarterback, but that'll sort itself out more than almost any other battle really in these three preseason games, because they have not officially announced anything, but based on how Sean McVay does things in the preseason, like I don't expect to see many of the regulars on Sunday. So that means Mond and Mannion are going to see a lot of action come Sunday, Sunday. And then those, then those other two preseason games. So we'll have a better sense after that third preseason game, but, like, Mond hasn't done much. He just hasn't. So, no. yeah, uh, it's unfortunate. You know, uh, thankfully, Jones has has a pulse. But, yeah, you, you have all those third-round <laughs> picks, and you're like, uh-oh, what the heck's going on? Mond's ability, and I, I get that it's a new scheme, but his ability to process is not there yet, and it's not close. And, it's like, Kirk, watch Kirk play right now. He's still a, a, a tick slow at times. Uh, but you could tell he fundamentally gets it. Mon doesn't, and, and Mannion, in my opinion, just can't play. Like he he knows what he's supposed to do. He just can't effectively do it. And that's where, on reckless speculation Thursday, Dukes, I want to turn the conversation to 
Backup QB. And here's why. I know Cousins doesn't get hurt, okay? But he that's doesn't. By very... the way, we take that for granted. That yes. man and, is and Mr. I, Iron Man. Like, he doesn't miss games. It's incredible. And I, what I was going to say is I think that we should not take that for granted because I think when you truly do, it becomes bad luck. So that being said, it's my opinion with the roster that this team has and the expectations, which right or not are high. Like, they didn't bring guys back to lose games. I think right now, unless we see something from Mond, because Sean's not going to change. If we see so, Unless we see something from Mond in the exhibition games that completely changes our minds, I think, and this is pure reckless speculation, you need to go explore the backup QB market. Not for a great QB, but a QB where if there is a game, and it can be one game, like we always say, well, you can get by with Mannion in one game. Well, guess what? The Green Bay game was one game. It was a key game, and you never had a chance because of the guy that you started at QB. So it's my opinion the Vikings need to go get and explore the options for a what I would call serviceable, competent backup quarterback because this team clearly has no intention of trying to lose games. Your thoughts? Well, yeah. (laughs) Who's a name? Gardner Minshew comes to mind we talked about in him. Philadelphia yes. because they did end mm-hmm. up with the rookie from Nevada, Strong. I'm looking at their depth chart. Mm-hmm. Okay, Jalen Hurts clear-cut one. Mm-hmm. Would they get off Minshew? Yeah, I mean, I like the idea. I, I think I think there's something to be said about what you just laid out, Judd. Although Cousin just doesn't get hurt, but, but still, I dudes. wouldn't rule it out. Yeah, no, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't rule it out. I haven't necessarily heard any steam. On right. that, you know, a little bit more maybe on, on the center position. But, yeah. yeah, I'm not sitting here and saying to you, what an asinine take. What the heck are you talking about? Like, what you just laid out makes makes logical sense. I just – I haven't heard that myself. I'm just trying to come up with some names. Like, Minshew was the first one that came to mind. So I hopped on my phone just to look at the Eagles' depth chart. Any other names come to mind? The the one that I'm curious yeah. on, Dukes, is just how, how it shakes out in Seattle. So right now it's – Drew Locke versus Geno Smith, and I mean, Seattle's going to be bad next year. It doesn't matter who who starts basically for them. But if one of those guys, whoever loses that job, and is one of is the loser of that competition, potentially going on the market too. Like, does Geno Smith and Drew Locke do a lot for me? Not necessarily. And again, the disclaimer is: Kirk is an Iron Man. Kirk is the quarterback one. We are not advocating for someone to succeed Kirk Cousins in those options necessarily. But if Kirk misses a game, if he does eventually lose a game, or if, or if something happens, do I feel a lot better about a Drew Locke or a Geno Smith or a Gardner Minshew having to start a spot start for me than Sean Manning or Kellen Mond at this point? I do. I do. Yes. I think all of us would agree on that. Like, who would put up a fight for, for Mond or, or Mannion in that scenario? Judd, I'm trying to, to rattle my brain. Before Drew Locke got moved to Seattle. Now that was the the rush trade, but did the Vikings inquire? At some point I feel like the Vikings La- had some yeah. interest in Drew Locke. I think last draft it was reported on. In fact, I should just text Spielman. I think He's Mr. Media yeah, now. Oh, yeah. He's on Twitter. He's on Instagram. I think in 2021 going into the draft yeah. there was a I don't think it was a Shefty report, but there was some insider that says the Vikings had checked in on the availability of Drew Locke. Yeah, I'm almost positive they have. Mm-hmm. I won't text Rick right this second, but That'll be yeah, that'll ahead. be something when we Bring have questions up. like this. Just kind of put it in our back pocket. Yeah. He's Mr. Right. 33rd team. Right. And, 
Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. I mean, Rick is omnipresent. CBS Sports, College Network. I think he's, he's is he doing place. some Big Ten Network too? Did I hear that right? He's going to do some BTN I have no work. Idea. He's all probably he's, he's all over the place. Moved to moved to good for him. Yeah, southwestern Florida, and he's he's living the good life. So here's a name of a guy who I believe right now is sitting on his couch, and you're going to laugh at first, but again, he has starting experience, and if he had to play, he is an improvement on what the Vikings currently have, Blake Bortles. Oh, I'm not laughing. Could, yeah, I mean. You could sign him off his couch. and You could and throw 50 he, names my way, and I'd be like, yeah, give me that guy okay. over Mannion. Give me that guy over Mond. If something yes. happens. Let's say it's September 25th, Vikings-Lions, U.S. Bank Stadium. Something happens to Cousins in the Monday night game against the Eagles. Short week or shorter week. And you need somebody for a one-week start? Yes, I'd much rather have Blake Bortles than those guys. So, sure, no, I'm not not laughing at that suggestion. I'm looking at some other available names. I love this reckless speculation. Right yeah, now. well, this is reckless it's speculation. Let's see if I can multitask. So special. Do you have a list? Is Cam Newton available? Is that one of them? He is. He's currently out there. I'm not signing Cam Newton. <laughs> no, That's a lightning rod Newton guy. Either. Like, there'd be way too much attention for a guy that I wouldn't play. Mike Glennon? He's not oh. on a team right now? I don't think he is. Great neck. One well, he does have a great neck. I've yes. ever seen. <laughs> Merton Hanks, like, just a big neck. Kyle Sloter. <laughs> He was, Kyle Slaughter got, got let camp go by, and then by just the got let go. Yeah, just and got, I got tweets got saying, should we sign him? And I'm like, no, <laughs> you've been down that path. You've seen dad has called you enough. TCO has been had, had enough of, you know, hey, it's Kyle's dad. Why is he not playing? Hey, it's Kirk's dad. Treat him better. You know, enough with the parents. Um, twin scoopage. Byron Buxton. What's the update there as he continues to clearly battle a knee problem that I'm guessing at some point in time is going to, to need to be? surgically repaired but they're hoping it won't be in the next month or so or two months that is accurate when you look at the schedule for the next week the twins are about to see a bunch of left-handed starters so you certainly want well regardless you want buxton in the lineup but certainly against all these lefties they are about to see in the next week so he jammed the knee jumping for a ball in san diego a couple weekends ago I forget who yes. hit the ball. It doesn't matter who it was. Ball goes over yes. the fence. He leaps up thinking there might be a chance to rob the home run. So he jumped, landed on the knee, felt discomfort. But even at that moment, Judd, the knee wasn't even close to 100%. Heck, not even close to 85 or 90%. Right. So when we're trying to quantify all this, the knee on that Friday, late July night in San Diego was... 70%, 60%, whatever it was, certainly not anywhere near 80, 90, or 100. So there already was discomfort. But then, yeah, he jarred something. Something happened where he's like, uh-oh, you know, I feel a little bit more pain than normal after that. So that's why we really haven't seen him in center field a whole lot the last week plus. They still don't believe that putting him on the 10-day injured list 10 for position players, right? 15 for, for pitchers. But the 10-day yeah. injured list for, for position players, that having them sit 10 days, they just don't feel like... Now, maybe this changes, right? But right now, they don't feel like 10 days, him just sitting out 10 days, then back on that 11th day, is really going to help all that much. Now, you give him last night off, today's built-in day off, so he has these two straight 
days off, doesn't need to hop on an airplane. They just stay there in Southern California. The hope is he'll be good to go Friday night in Anaheim. In fact, good enough to be able to play center field again. But just know this. The man has been dealing with pain for a while. PRP injection, cortisone shots, the knee drained. The knee will be drained again in the coming weeks. He is doing everything in his power to play. He really is. Now, it was unfortunate last night in Los Angeles, right? Celestino sort of misplays a ball. It was a tough play, but, you know, does Buck make that play in, in center field on Wednesday night? Maybe he does, you know, possibly. I still want the bat in the lineup. Like, more than anything, give me the bat in the lineup. Yes, I realize I'm sacrificing defense, but more than anything, I just I need that bat for four at-bats a game. And if that's the best-case scenario until a surgery in the winter before we head into the 2023 season, so be it. That's where I'm at, Judd. I don't know where you're at, but that's where I stand. I'm okay if he's just a DH for a majority of the rest of the year. Dukes, uh, I don't know if your opinion has changed this a little bit over the matter, but uh, Carlos Correa, we talked about this with Mackie and Judd and myself um, earlier this week uh, on the possibility of his, of his Twins career continuing. Um, obviously going through a little bit of a slump right now, just eight hits in his last 12 games. He's, he's definitely fighting it a little bit. But is there any benefit for him to actually opt in for one more year and then opt out this time next year when the free agent shortstop crap, by the way, is just going to be him and potentially Tim Anderson. I mean, if he opts out this year, which he certainly should and can, he's going to have to fight an insane shortstop market with what Dansby Swanson's out there. I believe Trey Turner is going to be out there. Uh, Xander Bogarts is potentially out there. So there's going to be a lot of people that are looking for shortstops. Is there actually, has your opinion changed on the idea of Carlos Correa actually opting in and staying put with the Twins in 2023? It hasn't really necessarily changed, Declan. It's something I've, I've thought about. By the way, I love Trey Turner. As much as Great I player. love Carlos Correa, Great player. just reminded the last two nights how much fun he is. Just his ability to steal bases. I miss the art of the stolen base. Oh, yeah. Watching so a twin steal a base. That was fun. I love that. The last two nights yep. watching Trey Turner, the other Dodgers, run the yep. bases. Gavin Lux, some other guys. I just I enjoy watching a stolen base. We just don't see it here in Minnesota really anymore. Although we actually saw it a couple times in the Blue Jays, the recent Blue Jays series. But I, I just I love Trey Turner. But I've thought about it, Declan, right? Because he could still opt into free agency at the age of 29. So he could take the $35.1 million for 2023, then elect unrestricted free agency November of 2023. And he turns 29, I believe it's late November or sometime in December of 2023. Turns 28 later this calendar year, November or December. So like is 28 compared to 29 that much of a difference? Now that Cubs team has been out there for a while. At the Cubs, now, you mentioned all the names. They're great. And I'm telling you, I love Trey Turner. I love Bogarts, too, for that matter. But that there are fans of, of Correa in the Cubs front office as high up as, as ownership. So if he does opt out, I'll be following that trail. That is it almost a darn near inevitability that Correa ends up a Chicago Cub? Because if he does opt Ooh. out, like we've thought for a Ooh. while, right? Mm-hmm. There must be some sort of deal lined up. It's not going to happen in the first 24 or 48 hours of free agency, but 
his representation would have a strong sense that there's a really nice deal out there, whatever it is, five, six, seven, eight years for a ton of money, right? And if he opts in clearly, there was a lot of work done behind the scenes where they realize, okay, that deal wasn't out there. We'll take our chances winter of 2023. But it is something I've thought about, Declan. I can tell you there are Twins folks cheering on that possibility. They're okay with a little mini slump right now. They're okay. Now, maybe they won't be okay in mid-September in a key game against Cleveland if if the Guardians end up winning and securing a nice division lead. But there might be some people deep down okay with Correa not having any clutch moments this year, right? That they're okay if he's well, back next year at $35.1 yes. The Twins would love to have him back. I mean, you know, we've we've known that. That's not recklessly speculating. The Twins yeah. would love to have Correa back. They would love for him to opt in to his 2023 contract, not extend him, nothing like that, just have him back next year at $35.1 million. The Twins would happily accept that. So it's something I've I've thought about. I did think when they when they signed him, we'd have more wow moments by now. The wild moments haven't been there. Yeah. He's been he's been Not more than fine defensively, but he hasn't been platinum yeah. gold glove defensively. No. Nobody's been good. And the clutch moments just haven't been there. Like, do you remember a big Carlos Correa hit, eighth inning, ninth inning? Like, they're no. just not out there. I don't know what his batting average is, but runners in scoring position not right good. this second. But it's not good. He just, and whatever his numbers are, however you want to define clutch situations, but, like, I'd be shocked if the numbers were good in clutch situations. He just hasn't had clutch moments. But he's still a darn good player. You know, and I don't know how to quantify the the impact he's had in that clubhouse, but you talk to enough people, it's been a positive one. Like, those guys really enjoy having Correa as a teammate, as a leader. I think he's been good for, for Buxton. I think he's been good for Arise. He's been good for a lot of people, right? Mm-hmm. So there's something to be said about that. So I'm just telling you, the Twins would love for him to be back next year at $35.1 million. But I've thought all along, you know, going back to March, that he would opt out. And so I don't necessarily want to want to move off that stance. But I'm telling you, maybe more so than in May. June, even early July, I have just thought about that possibility of him saying, you know what, I'll take my chances in the 23 free agent class. This 22 free agent class is too stacked. Final scoop, sir. Dawson Garcia, Gophers men's basketball. Finally, the Gophers are going to submit the paperwork to the NCAA, the waiver, Mm -hmm. to hopefully have Dawson Garcia have immediate eligibility. So as a two-time transfer, He actually has to go through the waiver process until this changes at some point in the near future. But right now, as a two-time transfer, you need to submit paperwork. You need to lay out your case to the NCAA. They then will make a determination. Now, based on some recent cases, I very, 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 very much like Dawson Garcia's chances to be eligible this upcoming season. He's got one heck of a case, but still... Finally, the Gophers will submit the paperwork. They've waited for a while, wanted to build up the case, make sure they have everything laid out. But I was told before this week is over, that case will be will be submitted. The NBA schedule will be out soon. By the time we talk in two weeks, so today is what, August 11th? So by the time we talk on August 25th, we absolutely should have 
should have the schedule. I know the Wolves, behind the scenes, certainly open-minded to playing on Christmas, like a lot of teams. right? So I don't know if they will or not. I do know they will be on national TV a lot more than they were last year because I believe last year the number was one. Yeah, I think it's a... Was it yeah, even I two? I think it was at, one. I, I think it started at one. Yeah. Yeah, and it might have gone to two, but the I Wolves are going up, to be yeah. on national TV much more next season compared to last season. I am catching up with the owner of the Wolves and Lynx, Glenn Taylor, in about 20 minutes. Certainly talk some Sylvia Fowles, memories of Sylvia with her last mm-hmm. game at Target Center Friday night. Now, if the Lynx make the playoffs, go on an unreal run, I suppose there could be another game at Target Center. But as of right now, last game for Sylvia Fowles at Target Center. So I wanted to catch up with Glenn on on some Lynx stuff. But I certainly will hit him on a number of Wolves talking points. Outstanding stuff, sir, and we'll talk to you for a bonus scoop session on Tuesday. Okay, sounds good. Take it easy, gentlemen. Thanks, Bye-bye. Dudes. Take care. Speculation. Love the reckless speculation, love Declan it. Goff. Absolutely love it. Um, let's continue down oh, the yeah. path of recklessly speculating. Doesn't let's stop. go back to the let's go back to the Vikings. Okay. And I'm curious to get your your thoughts. Um how do you? How much of an emphasis, or how important do you think? Because it's a position that technically shouldn't play, yep. might have to. How much of an emphasis do you put on the backup quarterback and the fact that I have a genuine concern that both the plan is definitely for Mond to be the two, and I'm telling you right now, I think putting Kellen Mond in a regular season game would be unfair to him and his team. Um, as a Viking fan. Do you concern yourself with that or not really? Uh, I, I talked about this realistic Randy, and we gave a 1 through 10 concern rating. Randy gave me a 1, and I think I gave him a 2. Uh, I gave it a 2 out of 10 for the, for the matter of, yes, he shouldn't have to play. But you know what? There's a, there's a little thing called insurance, and sometimes you get the, the no fault, no liability, right, Judd? The, uh, the lowest grade possible insurance, the legal insurance I believe you're supposed to have as a motorist, uh, Declan here for the Department gotta of Motor Safety, insurance, right? Declan. Um, you gotta have some And then there's some instances where you have to pay for a premium insurance because you want more of the security, even though you might not have to have it, but you like to have it in your back pocket in case you wreck your damn car and there you aren't completely responsible for it. Um, right. th- I, I think this is where some Vikings fans get a little hung up on. It's, it's not the advocating that Drew Locke or Geno Smith, Sam Darnold, whoever the hell it is, Gardner Minshew can come in and succeed Kirk Cousins. It's I feel a lot better with those guys coming in if Kirk misses time. Let's also let's play a little revisionist history here. Let's go back into the offseason of 2017. And I believe Case Keenum signs here kind of late, not after the initial offseason steam, but I think signed here in May or June. Oh, Case Keenum, man. And, I mean, Case, is he even going to be the third quarterback on this roster? Like, who's going to be the backup to Sam Bradford? Is he even going to be a, is he, will he even make the 53? And then all of a sudden, obviously, Teddy's knee was still rehabbing. They realized, oh, this is still going to be a long time. And Case Keenum ends up being the backup quarterback. But there was probably a time in June, July, pre training camp where we all thought, I don't think even Case Keenum makes this roster. And what does Case Keenum even do for you here, right? Well, then it turned out that Case Keenum was your saving grace. Yes, a magic carpet ride, the best one-night stand you'll ever have, and it was awesome, and it was the greatest moments, and all these things. And the Vikings, by the way, have a history of backup quarterbacks stepping in out of the complete blue and help leading the team to success. Brad Johnson, Gus Farratt, 
Tavares Jackson. The the list goes on and on. Randall Cunningham was on the street and won Offensive Player of the Year, for God's sakes. Okay. Retired for a year. Yeah. So it's important to have it in your back pocket. To answer the question of how concerned should you be, my concern isn't probably as high as yours, but I do think it would be a little bit uh, of negligence if you just did not address it and you rolled with Sean Mannion or a Kellen Mann for multiple games. I think that would be criminal. And I think given the expectations, that's where the problem is. So, like, if this team, you know what, if Kirk had been, you know, had walked, been traded, and you're like, oh, we, you know what, I mean, 2022 is not going to be it, I'd be like, oh, I totally get that. But as I said to Doogie, when you bring back the amount of guys that they brought back, and when you clearly have an expectation that that the new coach is going to win, I don't think it's wise to say, well, I mean, Kirk doesn't get hurt. Okay, first of all, I applaud him. He doesn't. But this, but the second part of that is, and there's two things, Dex, just to back up a little bit. There's two things about my concern that have been driven by, by what happened in the past. One is 2016. All right. So I got to training camp and Heineke was hurt, I believe. And so like Sean Hill was now the clear cut number two guy. And we all said, well, he's not going to have to play. He's old and Teddy's going to play. Uh, and I even wrote a column from Mankato as camp started saying, and I think he had, was with the Rams at the time, uh, or ha- had been released by the Rams, perhaps, that Nick Foles at that point, before going back to Philadelphia, was out there. And I wrote a column saying, you know, at least go get a Nick Foles type, because at that time he he was just a struggling backup quarterback. Um, never in my wildest imagination thinking, Bridgewater's leg was going to break. Like I was saying, if, if he misses a month, right? Um, and so when Sean Hill had to start that first game, you were, and you won it. But I mean, he ended up on the injury report coming out of that game because he was old. <laughs> the second, and the second thing is, for how long have we said, well, if Cousins gets hurt for a game or, or you know, COVID, if, if he can't play a game, you know, it's just one game. Well, the lesson there, Declan, was that Green Bay game was vitally important. Vitally. That game late in the season at Green Bay was extremely important. And it was one game. I totally get that. But you started Mannion, and you never had a chance. So, like, it's easy to dismiss these things. Well, Kirk doesn't get hurt, Judd. Well, I mean, it's not that big a deal if he, but it is a big deal. Like, if you have an intention of being competitive, and most importantly, I think, if you tell your players, like you're telling your players, we want to win. Like, this is not an experiment. We want to hit the ground running. I think you have to back that that up by, you know, arguably, if not the just the most important position in sports, you've got to have a guy that you can at least plug in and not be like, oh my God, we are toast. And that Green Bay game, from the moment that game started, Declan, yeah. they were toast. Yeah. Like they couldn't move. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they couldn't move the football. So that's why I'm concerned. Yeah, it it, it I, I hear you in, in that regard. And you should definitely not just be punting on the season. You know, I I guess the devil's advocate in me would say that all right, if you're gonna start Sean Mannion and if he's gonna start an extended period of time if Kirk got injured early in the year, well, you're probably going to be picking top five in the draft, so that's good, I guess, if we're looking at the long-term bit, but I I don't like playing that game this early in the season either, like that that entire idea, like I don't I don't like having that type of, type of thought process, but I think it's important to have a viable option, you know, I, yes, 90% right. of the time, if you're starting QB, you're clear-cut starting QB, I should say, 
And if your team is not a complete dumpster fire, if you lose your starting QB, probably a good chance your season's going to go in the toilet. It's just how it goes. But there's instances where the Vikings start Case Keenum, the Eagles have to turn to Nick Foles. It happens. It happens. Right. I mean, for the, the extreme Amen. example, a, Eric Bledsoe goes out for the Patriots. Tom Brady steps in, and then all of a sudden is the greatest quarterback of all time. There, you have to have a viable backup behind you. And I, I think the Vikings should definitely, in the next few weeks, and probably this this first preseason game against the Raiders on Sunday, will probably tell them, I think, they're all, a whole lot of how, they much, how, how much they believe in Kellen Mond and if he shows them something. Because if not, right. if he's the same guy, I think panic button is going to be starting being put, or at least not maybe panic button, but a sense of urgency is going to be put on finding a viable, capable backup quarterback to Kirk Cousins. And in my opinion, part of being an effective coaching staff and especially an, an effective uh, GM and executive staff in pro sports, Declan, is being extremely prepared for what can go wrong and and deciding, okay, if this goes wrong, are we just sunk or can we continue to be at least competitive? And when you have assembled the roster that the Vikings have, which you know has really good offensive skill position players should have an improved defense. I think the answer has to be we need to have it so that if if Kirk goes down for a month, for a game, for a year, we have to have it so that we can remain at least competitive. And right now you would be you would be if he got hurt, you would be punting on the entire year. And so that's what and and look, fans don't have to be burdened with this, but the reality is the team does. And if you say, well, if Kirk gets hurt, we're done. That's your choice. But everything that they've done so far screams, we want to be competitive as possible. And that's fine. But when you pick that door, there has to be a preparedness for if X, Y, and Z goes wrong, what are our bailouts? Um, And I'm not saying a guy like Bortles is a great choice, but at least he could run the offense. Mm Mm-hmm. Mannion can run it, but I don't think he can accomplish it. Correct. I think he, like I, he, I think he's a smart guy who who knows this system, but I don't think that his body allows him uh, to get the football where it needs to go. And Mond is the reverse. He has the arm, he has the talent, but I don't think his mind right now, if he is facing elaborate blitz schemes, I don't see how he survives and. At some point in time, too, you can't just blame the line. Oh, the offensive line sucked. Okay, they're expected to block for X amount of time, but there also gets to be uh, the football has to come out. And the one thing that I've consistently seen from Mond in training camp is the football doesn't get out. Yep. So. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be fun fun to watch on Sunday. I'm, I'm curious to watch it and just uh, just watch some preseason. Even if it's preseason football, just excited to watch some Game one is GD fun. Football. It always is fun. I, I feel like by game three now, or or in the old days, game four, it's like this is just a like let's just start. Foot, I'm telling you, man, football has benchmarks. Mm-hmm. Training camp starts. I'm ready for training camp. Right by this point, okay, training camp's long. Depth <laughs> charts out. Okay, who's yeah. who's on the the depth chart? Then games start, and by the time you get to preseason game three, you're like, you know what? I am sick of this, and so. Exactly, Jed. Who is your uh, um, who is your first string yeah. weight loss program? What, what was it? Was the oh, first I, second third string? Is there uh, how, how would you how, how would that fall on the Judd Zolgad depth chart? 
First, second, and third string, my friends from Livia Weight Control Centers who have helped me drop uh, 40 pounds, and here's the best part now. Livia is helping me keep that weight off. That's right, because it's not weight loss, weight control, right? Mm -hmm. Weight control, because the key is losing weight's not simple, but it's feasible, doable, and we've all done that. But then what happens? Inevitably, a lot of us gain that that weight back. I certainly have gone through that before, but not this time. Uh, Dawn joined, too. She's down about 14 pounds. So all together, teamwork in the Zolgad household, my man. Teamwork uh, down 50-plus pounds, and now we, we want you to join their program, which is the exclusive end-of-summer anniversary offer. You can join for 50% off. 50% off right now. And guess what? By fall, winter, all of those clothes in your closet right now where you're like, I don't even want to try those on, they're going to start to fit and you are going to feel great. And you are also going to keep that weight off. How? 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A, Livia.com. Livia, L-I-V-E-A.com. Open the door to your closet to putting all those clothes on and they fit through the Weight Control Center, Livia. Dot com. Um, on the Twins. Mm-hmm. All right, Declan. Last two nights you saw it. Dodgers, who, who are great. So this is not a debate. I believe they've won 10 consecutive games. If I'm not mistaken at this point, they do have the uh, best record in big league baseball. Your thoughts, recklessly speculating on the fact that our dreams of adding pitching came true. Yep. Starter to bullpen arms. After watching those two games, your thoughts on on the Twins, the moves that they made, and after seeing them against a really good team, do you have second thoughts at all? I don't have second thoughts, no. Um, I think this division is, as you know, dog bleep. Um, I think because of that, their path to the playoffs is obtainable. Um, Are they on the same planet or even galaxy of the Dodgers or the Yankees or the Astros? No, they are not. Um, do I still, (laughs) I can't be back and say this. Do I still like their chances of winning one playoff game and that being the barometer for a successful 2022 campaign? Yes, I still do. I still like their chances to win a playoff game. I know now they're behind Cleveland in the division. Um, it's going to be a literally cat and mouse clawing fest, scratch fest fight to win this division in just the wimpiest kind of way. Uh, but I still feel that they can win a playoff game. The Dodgers are unbelievable, dude. They're so good. Yeah, they're Aren't they fun? Yeah, they're they're awesome to watch. They're fun um, to watch. So so yes, they they got beat by a superior team in back to back games. I'm not shocked by that. They have, I believe, everyone else on their schedule the rest of the month or something close to it is uh, is sub 500. So they got some cupcakes here. They can make up the ground again. It shouldn't be that big of a deal. Um, but no, my, my opinion has not changed on on them not going all in or how I feel about this being a successful 2022 campaign. I feel like such a hypocrite. <laughs> because of this okay so so on purple daily every day we start the show with yeah. our mantra there you're going win a super bowl before we die or okay and like my expectation is that like at some point in time before i die i'd like the vikings to win a super bowl and i don't know if this is because i've seen the twins win a couple of world series i don't know if this is just be- because i'm so jaded but I feel like a hypocrite because I'm with you. I want the Twins just to win a playoff game, which sounds so stupid because, like, on on one hand, we're all calling for the Vikings should win a Super Bowl. Um, But to me, 
the 18-game streak is so embarrassing. I know. And it's just like, I mean, North American sports, Dex, North American sports, not baseball. You know, of all the major sports that we watch, this is the longest losing streak in history of postseason play. That's un- that's incredible. Like we're talking NBA, hockey, tons of playoff games. And so as weird as this sounds for a guy who is who is in lockstep with both you and Phil and saying the Vikings should win a Super Bowl, um, I have no problem with and I applaud what the Twins did because I'm on your side. I want them to just break the playoff yeah. losing streak. If they can get a series, two games in that first round, that's great. That's fantastic. Um, but I mean, it just, it, it sounds so stupid when I say it, but it's really what I think. I yeah. want them to end a streak that is a, that is a national sports embarrassment and, and, and a, um, an absolute strike against this entire town when you've lost nearly 20 consecutive playoff games Going back to what two thousand and four is it? Mm-hmm. Is that right? I mean, that's it, it's incredible. Yeah, it, it's it's a low bar. I get that, and I know it, it kind of contradicts our our Vikings motto here. Um, but it's it's embarrassing, dude. I love this baseball team. I've had a dream to own season tickets my life, my entire life. I finally do it because Carlos Correa signs here to a degree. Um, but I have watched a team just bleep down their leg for eighteen consecutive tries. It it is remarkable and if when i get a couple drinks in and i start talking about this whether i'm sober actually or a couple in i get so visibly upset and angry first date, right i bitched to my now loving girlfriend on the first date about this exact topic <laughs> she has already said to me she said to me last week when they blew the game against toronto on friday point blank to me i'm not going to be near you if this team is in the playoffs and i said it's probably a good idea don't be yeah, near me if idea. they're in She's the playoffs smart. Don't Smart be lady. near me. I I I am I don't I don't know why this is, but I am a different human being when the Twins are in the playoffs over any other team. Any other team. I I I have a, I, when the the Wild have been in the playoffs a ton and hell, they have disappointed me. They disappointed me probably this year more than any other year. But I I right. I still can there's still some sense of calmness with me. There's still some realization. I can't get over the wow. fact for the Twins that they have lost 18 consecutive tries. They've had leads in those games. Their pitching has showed up in games, and they still have not figured out a way to win one single playoff game. And it keeps me up at night. Why? Okay. Why do you think that it exceeds your angst about, like, you know, wild Vikings, wolves, I guess? Uh, why do you think the Twins e- exceed that, though? Like, because they've made dumb decisions? Because. You like them more, Be, you know. I, this I, is a team that yeah. in New York started Randy Dobnik, so I get your anger. Yeah, like your anger makes sense, but I'm curious why. I think uh, a couple things: emotional attachment. I, I the Twins were the first team I ever really gravitated towards. I baseball was the only sport I didn't play it well, but played growing up. Um, okay. I loved listening to games. I loved watching games. I loved being a Twins fan in in the early 2000s. And then I think just because of, of the playoff futility losing streak, as it begins to stack up, um, it becomes even more and more frustrating. They took a 3 nothing lead in Yankee Stadium in the wild card game. And you, you, they hit back-to-back bombs in the top of the first. And oh my God, you would have thought that I won the World Series. Like, oh my God, it's happening. They're going to beat the Yankees in their house. And oh, it, it did not go very well. I went to a wrestling show last night, Judd Zolgad. I went to AEW 
uh, Dynamite. Yeah. Shout out to AW for the press pass. They helped us out. There's a great interview with Chris Jericho on this YouTube channel, too, if you want to check that out. A Vikings fan, a Valley Fair fan. Loved going down to Valley Fair when he was a kid because he's from Winnipeg. So, um, And also some Bill Goldsworthy conversation, Judd. Even Judd would yeah, probably like it. he's a big like hockey it. guy. I wish I'd been on it now. He was a huge North Stars fan. Phil and I were saying the same thing. That, hey, maybe Darn. Judd should be on here next time. Um, but last night, CM Punk returned to the crowd. And CM Punk's been out for the last two months with an injury after the main event. Punk's music hit. And I and the rest of the people in the audience stood up and was in awe and shock and just euphoria high for that 90 seconds that he came out and that music hit and he was kicking people's asses and it was awesome. And I was texting with a friend when I was going home and I said, the twins haven't made me do that in years. I can't remember the last time and I have season tickets. I can't remember the last time I stood up out of my seat like that and had that type of euphoria. And that is sad, by the way. And as someone who loves wrestling and loves baseball and loves a scripted thing, that that gave me the reaction. And the local baseball team, the reality, the real thing, the non-scripted thing, Mm -hmm. hasn't let me have that emotion. That's what makes me so upset. I haven't even, I forgot what that euphoria even feels like as a Twins fan. Yeah. I was in the Metrodome when... Gaetti through to Herbeck, game seven, 87. I welled up and a tear came to my eye when Larkins, uh, when Jeans uh, hit to left field, hit the turf, game seven, 91. I can't even tell you the, the absolute amazement it feels when you're like, a Minnesota team just won a world championship. Mm-hmm. So you're right. Like, I get your angst. I get your angst. I, I'm... I would have thought the Vikings would have equaled it a little bit. Like the Wild, I, I don't, I'm just not, I like them. I'm not attached to, to them personally because like they weren't my team growing up. The North Stars were. Right. But I'm a little bit surprised that you don't put the Vikings and Twins on the same plane, but I find it intriguing. And yeah, I mean, I can't even describe to you the euphoric feeling when you're like, oh my God, one of our four major men's pro yeah. sports teams just won a bleeping championship. So Yeah, it's uh I, I would I would like it once. That's all. I just I just want Yeah, but I just want to play but but and that's where that's where I come in as a hypocrite because I'm with you. I just want them to end the losing streak. Please. Like that's just take that step first. Uh of course now the the question is can they make the playoffs? Because I fear that the wild card, the A wild card is not going to come from the dumpster fire that is the AL Central. I think it's going to come from the East, probably. All right, take us home, sir. All right, uh, hit the subscribe button. Daily Minnesota Sports Entertainment right here on this YouTube channel. We got an action movie rewind dropping uh, later this weekend as well. Bloodsport, you're next. Uh, Not Mortal Kombat, despite it all being very much like a real-life Mortal Kombat. I have takes, and I'm excited for uh, everyone to hear those. Of course, subscribe to Purple Daily, our, our other YouTube channel, Minnesota Vikings Entertainment. Seven days a week. Some bonus shows. Realistic Randy. We got Jesse Pierce from NHL.com, the Bar Down Beauties. Our guy Thor Nystrom also helping out on that podcast. So check that out as well. Feedback Friday tomorrow with Judd Zolgad and myself. We'll be talking to you. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. It's crazy to think that a few weeks ago we were talking about whether or not Tua Tagovailoa should consider retiring after two concussions and worldwide debates on player safety and NFL culpability, Tua has done nothing but go back to work and currently has the Dolphins riding a three-game win streak and one loss behind the division favorite Buffalo Bills. While everyone was yapping about the end of his career, Tua Tagovailoa said he'll decide when it's time. 
and clearly he's not ready to hang up the cleats. Hi, this is Chris Howard from the Plugged In with Chris Howard podcast. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting up to the minute scores for every the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including the MLB playoffs, the start of the NHL season, MMA, boxing, and golf. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.